Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast, where our mission is leading people to find and follow Jesus. We're thrilled that you are here, and it's our hope that this message will lead you to find and follow Jesus. All right, let's take our Bibles this morning, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time. I think, I think it's time to open up God's Word and uh, spend some time in, in, in preaching, and so I'm going to Ask for my Bible in the pulpit real quick, and then let's dive into it. If you have your Bible, take your Bible to 2 Kings this morning, 2 Kings. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, it's all right. It'll be up on the screen, but I got to start with this. I got to start with the question. How many of you like seconds? Not minutes and seconds, but seconds, like when you, when you go and get seconds. I'm, I'm just curious. Can I see your hands? How many like seconds? How many of you are thinking this? How many of you are thinking, hold on, hold on. Uh, you're a thinker. We got a smart bunch here. How many of you are actually thinking, hey, before I ask about seconds, that really depends upon two things. If you're going to go for seconds, you, that depends on two things. The first one is, how good was the first? All right? You ain't asking for seconds unless your mama's making you get seconds. Okay? You've been in that household. Mama said, you will, you will get some more. You will eat my casserole. You will like it. And I lie, mm, yeah, it's so good. I wish we had a dog growing up, all right? I really wish I had a dog. So it really depends on how good was the first if you're going to have seconds. And then the second thing, the second thing, whether or not you're going to have seconds, it really depends on how full you are. If you're full, you ain't asking for seconds. And I believe that God is going to pose a question to you this morning. In the brief minutes that we have left, I want to bring a message entitled, I Want Seconds. Because I am praying and I am believing that at the end of this message, that whether you are at Southridge for the first time, whether it's your 10 years in a row, or whether you are looking forward to the next 10 years, that you say, I want some seconds. That's my hope. Our Bibles are open to 2 Kings chapter Two, and I want to read an interesting passage. I want to begin in verse number one. This is the story of one prophet fading and another prophet rising. It's a passing of the guard. You see, the prophet of Elijah was the prophet who called fire on Mount Carmel. He is the prophet that stood up against Baal and the false prophets. He's also the same prophet who ran when Jezebel wrote him some hate mail. And when he ran, God appeared to him and said, what are you doing here? And he said, it is enough, Lord, let me die. And in that moment, he said, God, I'm done. I'm through. It's over. I can't take it. And God said, okay, Elijah, but I need you to anoint your successor. Your successor is a man by the name of Elisha. He doesn't know he's going to be anointed and appointed as your successor. He's right now plowing 12 yoke of oxen. Go to him. And so we meet this passage, and we see a handoff. And the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, and it came to pass... When the Lord was about to take up Elijah into the heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. If you have a copy of God's word and if you're taking notes, I would underline that. 
So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha, and they said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you not know that the Lord will take your master from over you today? So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on and 50 men, the sons of the prophets, went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water and it divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. This is the same request that God gave to King Solomon. Ask what I can do for you. This morning, I wonder what you would ask for if God gave you carte blanche. Ask me for something. What would you say? Would you say winning lottery numbers would be nice? Would you say that promotion? Would you say, man, I'd really like to date that guy. I'd really like to date that girl. Would you say, I would really love to have that house? What would you say? That's a huge question, but I love what Elisha says because he's posed with a question that says, what do you want? And here's what he said. In verse number nine, Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. You know what Elisha asked for? Seconds. He said, I like the first. I'm not full. I want me some more. And I want your portion. I was at my wedding, and man, we had a great time at my wedding. I loved my wedding. It was awesome because I was marrying finally the woman of my dreams. I was so excited. I was like, hurry up and eat, y'all. I got places to be with that woman, all right? I've been waiting a while, okay? I was like, let's go. You don't need no cake. We don't need to do none of that. Get the limo. Let's go, all right? I was ready, man, but I had a groomsman. I did not know my groomsman was high as a kite. My groomsman had the munchies. My groomsman was going from table to table eating your leftovers. He said, this is good, Micaiah. And I was like, yeah, it's good, but it ain't that good like eat a stranger's leftovers good. And he's going, he's he's like, man, you got to try this. I was like, yeah, I'll go get some clean food in the back. I ain't ain't getting nobody's leftovers because I didn't know that he was high and he was hungry with the munchies. But I got to say this morning, I wish I had a church that said, I want a double portion. I want some seconds this morning because we're about to leave 10 years and we're about to go into our next 10 years. And our next 10 years is going to require some people who say, I want some more. I want seconds. I don't think God is done with us. I think the best days are not behind us, but the best days are still yet to come. I believe that God has not done his best. 
best work at Southridge, but that God is just getting started. And what we're a part of was birth 10 years ago. But guess what? We're getting into our prime now. We're double digits, y'all. We're not single digits anymore. We're double digits, okay? We're the big one zero. We're 10. Come on. You remember when you turned 10, when you weren't just nine, little nine counted up on, on, on just one hand. Now you're like, I'm double digits. Come on. Let's go. I'm telling you, church, it's time where we realize that we want a double portion, that God's got more for us. You see, many of us, we're missing out on all that God has, and we miss our destiny because destiny shows up looking like a decision, not a destination. You see, Elisha knew it's about a decision that's going to set me up, not a destination. Did you catch it in the passage we read? We started at four different locations. There's a journey to the anointing. There's a journey to the double portion because he started in a city called Gilgal. Verse number one, the last word, it says Gilgal. He starts there. You know what Gilgal represents? That's the place where God said to the children of Israel, I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt. It's where God has said, hey, now you can go into the promised land. I've taken away your past. You see, Gilgal represents the past that was gone for Elisha. He doesn't have this past. His past was what? A past of monotony. Twelve yoke of oxen, day in, day out. It had some security, but it had the monotony. And God had called him to more. And some of you this morning, you don't realize that God has so much more for you, but you're looking for a destination. And I'm here to tell you that God is looking for you to make a decision. Did you catch what Elijah, the old prophet, kept saying to Elisha? Stay here. I looked at it, Scott, and I was like, why would your mentor say, stay here? That's interesting to me. Because this is your successor. This is your protege. Wouldn't you want him following you everywhere you go to learn from you? So why did he say it not just once, not just twice, but three times he said, Doug, stay here. And each time, all of a sudden, here's Elisha saying, I ain't staying here. I ain't leaving you. Many times, Jane's like, I'm going over here. And I'm like, yes, I'm going too. I'm following you to the ends of the earth. I'm going wherever you go. I'm right there. I get that. I've got my good buddy from uh, Texas, a pastor in Texas. He's here. He and I went to West Coast, same college together. And he's like, I remember seeing you and Jane. Man, you just followed her around like a puppy dog. I was like, absolutely, man. I wasn't letting her out of my sight. I knew there were some other guys interested. And I was like, no, no. I claim this in the name of Jesus. All right? Yes, amen. This is mine. And then he asked me a question last night. He's like, when did, when did Jane start dating you? And I was like, uh, uh, never. She never said. I, I, it was like more of a Stockholm syndrome. You know, that's kind of more of the, a better way to look at what was happening in our relationship, you know. And uh, uh, her eyes hadn't been opened. But I'm telling you, here Elisha was saying, no, no, no. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. I'm going to follow you. And he realized that he wasn't looking for a destination. He knew he needed to make a decision. This morning, some of you are looking for this destination and God has a decision that's going to lead to the double portion. 
It's a decision. It's a decision to say, hey, I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I'm going to be faithful to my marriage vows. I'm going to be faithful to my job. I'm going to be faithful to his word. It's a decision that gets you to the destination. We wouldn't have been here if Jane and I, day in and day out, whether times were good, times were hard, times were easy, if we didn't make a decision that, yes, we're here to plant a church. Yes, we're here to love people. Yes, we're here to get the gospel out. It was a decision, a daily decision, each and every day, day in and day out. And the temptation is this. Because I see it in the text. Verses 2 through 6, three times, Elisha is given the opportunity to stay there. And if you're taking notes, I need you to get this. There will always be an opportunity to start, to stop before you've even started. Had Elisha's ministry taken off yet? It hadn't even started. Many of you, you haven't even started and you're already wanting to stop. And here's what you need to realize what's going on in the text. You see, Elisha was being tested. You ever been in a test and you didn't know it was a test? If you're married, I'm about to give you an illustration where you're being tested. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Hey, honey, how was your day? Fine. Okay. All right. Men, men, here's the test. Is she fine? Yes or no? The answer is no. I'm going to help you out. The answer is always no. She's not fine, okay? And if she ever says she's fine, you go ask forgiveness. Even if you don't know what you did, just say, I'm sorry, all right? Because there's something you did. You don't know what you did, but you're about to find out, okay? There's something. And you may not have done it recently. You may have done it 10 years ago, all right? On grand opening Sunday, that's when you may have done it, and now you're about to pay for it, okay? Yeah, 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 you're gonna pay the piper, all right? The bill comes due. And all of a sudden, it just kind of happens. And here, you and I, we're going to have this temptation, and there's going to be an opportunity to stop even before you're started because God was testing this man because God wanted to do something in this man's life, but you can't trust what you haven't tested. And so God is going to test this man. He said, I've got to test you. And the test is this. Will you give up when it's easy? I mean, he, he didn't face Jezebel. He hadn't faced down 800 false prophets, 400 false prophets yet. So here's Elijah saying, I'm going to hand off my mantle. This guy wants a double portion. And what's he been through? He needs to show me that he can handle it. Because I'll tell you this, church, planting a church is no walk in the park. It's not easy. And I thank God for Rod and Laura. I thank God for Thelma and Justin because they've showed up when we've had mice in the hotel ballroom. We're having to chase them out. They showed up when we were giving away trees. Oh, everybody likes the trees. You weren't there at 4.30 in the morning with them trees to go put them on people's cars as those people pull up in their nice fancy car and they're all snooty about a free tree and you're like, bro? (laughs) You're rolling up in an Escalade and you want your free tree that costs us $15? Come on. This is for poor people, all right? This is for people that really need it. You don't need it. Give me back my tree. I'm about to hit you with my tree, all right? In the name of Jesus, all right? Be saved in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And those moments happened, and they were there. And I'm telling you, you and I are going to have an opportunity to give up before we've even gotten started. Some of you, you just got saved, and already you're thinking, I don't know if I'm going to hang on to this. I don't know if I'm going to keep going. And I'm telling you, don't stop before you've even gotten started. You see, here this man, he wanted a double portion. He wanted seconds, but he would never have seen seconds if he would have stopped every time. Elijah said, hey, you could wait here. And did the devil tempt him to stop? The man of God tempted him. 
It was a test. I wrote down recently, I said, God, test me so you know you can trust me. I don't like tests. Homeschooled. I'm not good at tests. I don't like them. But I'll tell you this. I don't like to be tested, but I like to be trusted. I want you to be able to be like, hey, Makai, here's the keys to my car, and know that I'm not going to steal it. I want you to be able to hand me your wallet and you know I ain't going to take a dollar from you. I want you to be able to say I can trust that man. I can watch that man because he is following Christ so I can follow him. I like to be trusted, but that means I needed to be tested. And this morning, if you want to be trusted, it means you know how to be tested. And this morning, some of you are wondering what God is doing and he is testing you so he knows he can trust you. God has tested our church. He tested us at the failed merger. He tested us when we lost our building. He's tested us. He's tested us. And our church throughout COVID continues to say no you can test us we'll be here we're like the refiner's fire it just made us better yes it was hard and it was difficult but God has kept us here so Elisha he didn't stop he didn't settle and he was not satisfied he wanted seconds and I'm looking for a church that says in this next day we want seconds church we got to close we got to wrap this up and there's so much more I want you to understand something. God wants to make a name for himself with your life. That's really what God wants to do. God wants to make a name for himself with your life. You and I, we don't live for the applause of each other. We live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. We started this church for the applause of nail-scarred hands. That one day, God would look down and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We show up week in and week out, leading people to find and follow Jesus because we want to see people saved. We want to see lives transformed by the gospel. But I'm going to say this. Elijah knew the position that he was about to have. Elisha actually knew he was going to be the successor because when he was plowing those yoke of oxen, Elijah came and put his mantle already on him. He already had the mantle. He already knew he was going to be the successor. So why is he asking for a double portion? He already knows he's getting the position. Why are you asking for it? And I need to tell you something about the history of the double portion. You see, the double portion, we get confused sometimes. The double portion is actually this. It was an it was, it was Old Testament thing that if you had children, the father would line up the children. And if he had six different children, he would line them all up. He would say, Ray, you're right here. And then he would say, Justin, you're right here. And he would say, Peter, you're right here. And then he would say, "Uh, John, you're right here. And he'd line up his children. And then he'd start with the firstborn. The the father would start with the firstborn. And he would look at his firstborn and say, Ray, you're my firstborn. And he would give the firstborn double. And then he'd go to the next one. He said, Justin, you're second. You get a single portion. Peter, you're third, you get a single portion. And then you go, John, you're fourth, you get a single portion. You see, the portion was because of his position. If you want double, you need to be in the family. This morning, are you in the family of God? The double portion, God doesn't just give it out to those who aren't his. 
He was asking for the double portion because he knew, I've got this, I've got this anointing, I've got this mantle, I've I got to accomplish something. But Elisha was in the family. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, that he loves you. He died on a cross three days later, was resurrected, and sits at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us, that he lives for you and I. If you've never made that decision, man, today would not be a celebration without you giving your life to Christ. That's what today is all about, that you know Jesus. And so this man, Elisha, he asked for that double portion. He said, I want seconds. He said, that was good. But Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing. You know why Elijah said you've asked a hard thing? Because if I had $100 and I see Eddie, and I say, Eddie, today's Tammy's birthday. So I want to give you $200. But I only have a hundred. I can't give him double. I only have a hundred. I can't give him double. I can't give him a double portion. I don't have it. So Elijah is saying, you've asked a hard thing. I can't give you what I don't, I don't have. But he said this. But he said, if you see me, and if you see me when I'm taken up into heaven, you'll have it. You'll have it. He was saying, keep your eyes on me. And in that moment, something powerful happens in the text. And I love what happens because many of us, we, we just gloss over the scripture. In verse 11, then it happened as they continued on and talked. And suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up into a whirlwind in heaven. And Elisha said, and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. He watched him. But I said, how could Elijah give what he couldn't have? As the mantle fell, it fell from where? From heaven. God had touched it and given that double portion. So when he picks up this mantle, he's now receiving the double portion. God can get it to you. And the powerful thing, it's recorded that Elijah did 16 miracles. And Elisha won a double portion. And it's recorded that Elisha did 31 miracles in his lifetime. Now, homeschooler, that math isn't mathing for me. Okay, 16 plus 16 is 32. Some of you are homeschooled too. Okay, you, you said the wrong number. All right, yeah, we're not alone. It's okay, it's okay. All right, we don't need math. We got our phones. They do it for us. 
Elisha dies only doing 31 miracles, but he had prayed and said, God, I need a double portion. I need that double portion because I got a position and that position requires your power to accomplish it. So I'm going to need double. I'm going to need it, God. I want seconds. I'm hungry for it. And some of you, that's you. And you're saying, God, I'm hungry for that second. God, I want more of you. I want more of your spirit. I want more power, God, because I need to do something in my marriage. I need to do something in my job. I need to do something in this city. This city, people are giving up on the Bay Area. People are walking away. They're giving up. They're done. And Lord, we need to fight for this, but I can't do it in my own strength, God. I need something else. And you're sitting there and you're feeling like Elisha. I only did 31. But something happened after Elisha died. They buried the prophet. But the scripture tells us something powerful happened. You see, Elisha dies never fulfilling his full destiny, but in 2 Kings 13, there's a raving band who one of the company dies. And they don't have time to properly bury him, so they find a little cave, and they take the dead man, and they throw him into the cave. But the dead man hits some bones. Hits the prophet's bones. Hits Elisha's bones. And something happens to the dead man. Something exciting happens. Scripture tells us when that dead man came in contact with Elisha's bones, he stood up. He resurrected. So from beyond the grave, he got 32 miracles. It still happened. Come on, God is good. From beyond the grave, God said, I kept my promise that you were going to get double portion. And even if you aren't here, it's going to happen. You may not see it. Your kids might see it. Your kids may not see it, but your grandkids might see it. You may labor and serve and say, God, I gave everything to San Jose. And God's going to say, you may not see it, but your bones are going to see it. There's going to be something that's going to happen in the city. There's going to be a move of God and it's coming. It's going to start, but it starts with some people that say, I want seconds, God. I like what you did the last 10 years, but I believe there's so much more in the next 10 years that you've got for us, and so I need a double portion, and God is saying, I could do double for your trouble. I can do it whether you're alive or whether you're dead. I can do it whether you're in the room or out of the room, because our God is omnipotent, all-powerful, unstoppable, unchangeable. What he started in January 26, 2014, he has not stopped. He will not stop. You're a part of the story. God's redemptive arc that he's doing right here in San Jose, California. He has more for us, church. But I need to ask you a question. Do you want seconds this morning? Do you want your seconds? Don't get full on this world. Don't get satisfied. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you tasted God recently? Have you said he's good? Have you gotten a taste of him? Have you decided that Jesus, it's everything. You're my all. You're all I want. This is all I need. You see, that's how our church was started. When we started the church, we had nothing, my friend. And when I say nothing, we had nothing. I left a job paying $48,000 a year. I left the medical. I had a mortgage, two children, and we put on 20,000 miles in our Toyota Highlander. Bless God, it's still working in the parking lot. We traveled to six different states, 74 churches, to raise a little bit of support to start the church. And 10 years ago, on a Sunday morning, just like this, we had two theaters, a theater that sat 98 and a theater that sat 174. And there was a man that my parents knew. He and his wife came out to help us start the church. And I had some faith. I was like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. But in, the, in between meeting and going to churches and traveling in four months, Jane and I, we were, we were old school. We had no money for mailers. 
So we had invite cards and I would knock on your door and I'd say, please come to my church. Please, please, I'll pay you. Would you come? And we went to 25,000 doors. And the address on the invite card was the Wyndham Garden Hotel room. But then I went down there to say, hey, I'm, I'm ready to, to start church. I want to do a run-through. And they said, sure, you can do a run-through. We have two other churches who are now meeting in here. You guys just figure it out. And I said, no, no, that, I, I had a contract here. Yeah, 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 you're all churches. You guys will figure it out. I said, no, we won't. Churches should work together. They don't. We like to fight each other. We don't know what side we're on. I said, man, I got 25,000 invites. Just went out to the community. And I told them this location. So immediately it's like, okay, God, where are we going to go? And the Oak Ridge Mall movie theater was the only thing available. I had somebody tell me that I could go to the Oak Hill Cemetery and rent the mortuary room. And they said, this could be your tagline. People are dying to go to your church. I said, bro, get out of here. I'm about to hit you. The devil is alive, man. I said, you got to be kidding me. They ain't doing that. So we end up at the Oak Ridge Mall movie theater. And I'm excited. Like, okay, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And this, this blessing of a Barnabas guy comes to me and he says, I hope you're not expecting much to happen today. Kid you not. I'm about to go preach. We had no setup team. Megan's three. Austin's one. I have no finances coming in. It's going to cost me $4,000 a month. My support was $3,800 a month. I haven't paid my mortgage or my insurance or my groceries. And then I got this guy who thinks I needed this word of encouragement and saying, I hope you're not hoping for much today. And he said, church plants never do well on their first Sunday. Get out of here. And then I got to go smile and put on a joy of the Lord. And then I was a part of a different denomination. They heard I was meeting a movie theater. Understand, I grew up, I didn't even go to movie theaters. I was better than you. Didn't go watch those heathen movies. I was missing out is all it was. All it was, I was just missing out. And they found out I was having church in a movie theater, so they thought it would be a blessing of the Lord to write a newsletter to all my supporting churches and tell them to stop supporting me because I was meeting in a movie theater. And they circulated that letter to my college president, to all my friends. And I'm thinking, God, I don't know if I need to do this. Why? You can go pick somebody else. I, I don't need to do this. The Apostle Paul said, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. The more I love, the less I am loved. And that sums up. I will gladly, and Jane will gladly spend and be spent. Because like the prophet Jeremiah, there's a fire shot up in our bones. And even those days where you don't want to get up and you don't want to show up, there's something inside that says, let's go see somebody saved. Let's go charge hell with the squirt gun. Come on, it'll be fun. Let's go. And all of a sudden, my spiritual appetite comes back. And then I say, God, forgive me for doubting you. Forgive me for listening to this brother who's saying we're not going to have a good day. We're going to have a great day. And I'm hungry. And my spiritual appetite is hungry. And I need seconds. And I need a double portion. And our church needs a double 
portion in Jesus' name. Do you believe it? Let's thank God this morning. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If this message inspired you and helped you, we would love for you to hit like, subscribe, or share it with someone today. Until next time, have a great day.